1: welcome to it's all political the san francisco chronicles political podcast i'm joe Garofoli, the Chronicle's senior political writer and today we're going to talk about kamala harris and gavin newsom and nancy pelosi and our guest is someone who covered them since even before they were in politics and that's phil mater now for those of you outside of california phil is a bay area institution For 35 years, he was a columnist at the Chronicle and before that at the old San Francisco Examiner. For most of that time, as half of the Mateer and Ross column duo with his longtime colleague, my friend, the great Andy Ross. I call Phil the king of all Bay Area media because he's also regularly on TV here and has been for many, many years, and on KCBS, the big old news radio station here in San Francisco. He just retired his Chronicle column, but he'll continue to do radio and TV. And on a personal level, he's a friend, uh, someone I sat next to at the Chronicle for most of the last decade. we riffed ideas together, and I've hopefully have learned some stuff from him. And he's someone who, as you'll hear, was not shy and has never been shy about telling me when one of my ideas sucked. Uh, that's the mark of a true friend and a trusted colleague. And now, here's my conversation with Phil Matier. Welcome to It's All Political and welcome to my backyard in Oakland where we're recording this. And where it's also all political. It is. It's all political here. We might, we might hear some background sounds here. We have the freeway traffic. We have the subway. We might hear a siren, dogs barking, children crying. Shots possibly shots, being fired. Shots fired. It is Oakland, yes. Uh, as, the, as the king of all uh, Bay Area media, you've covered Kamala Harris and Gavin Newsom even before they were district attorney and... Uh, and mayor, elected mayor nearly 20 years ago. Now, these were always, you know, very, both very ambitious folks. But let's let's go back. Was there anything you saw in either or both of them back then that would lead you to believe that one day there would be vice president of the United States and governor of California at this point?
2: No. No, really? I can't. This is, no. This
1: is a right place, right time, or what's going on?
2: Well, it's a combination of things. I mean, you have to understand that, you know, there was this uh, there's a, a, always been this sort of cauldron of politics and personality in San Francisco and the Bay Area, but especially in San Francisco, and and personality. So we have politics, personality, and it's always been a mixture of, of uh, ingredients that could go far, but could flame out as well. And you never know. So after doing this for a few years, your initial reaction to anybody was, yeah, you could be or you couldn't be. <laughs> So it's not like I said, oh, you're the rising star because I saw so many rising stars and I just saw them like crash into a wall because that's also uh, part of Bay Area politics because and both of these candidates uh, possibly did. But, you know, let's let, let's let's talk about what the what what the situation and the scene was back then. Uh, you know, San Francisco was a, a, a nexus of city hall politics and national politics and also a tremendous amount of money. And glamour and glitter. I mean, this is the place that gave birth to Jerry Brown, gave birth to Willie Brown, uh, politically. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, uh, Diane Feinstein. Uh, uh, the list just goes on and on. And uh, George Moscone, Harvey Milk. So it, it was this, this this theater, and a lot of it, you know. Some of it came out of activism, out of the Castro, out of the Tenderloins and, and, and those areas. But other parts of it came out of Pacific Heights and Knob Hill, the mm. Glitterati. And when I first met Kamala Harris and Gavin Newsom, it was in a political context, but it was also as they were members of this Glitterati. Mm. I first met Kamala Harris when she pulled up in a little BMW that I believe Willie Brown bought her uh, to Treasure Island, where Stanley Gotti, who was this sort of event planner uh, uh, for the stars, was was setting up a, a mega wedding. And she stopped by to say hello. And Stanley said, that's Willie's girlfriend, Kamala Harris. Keep your eye on her." Real and she was this attractive uh, district uh, assistant district attorney out of uh, Alameda oh. County, Oakland, and uh, you know I said hi and talked a bit and and she was very charming and very engaging, and uh, from there she, her ambition, her skills, her smarts, all brought together, between the Knob Hill money and what she brought from her expertise to move on politically and to become something politically. Gavin was a product of the Gettys and the Burton machine. His political godfather is not Willie Brown. It was John Burton. And his heritage in politics goes back to the days of Pat Brown. And he was in with the Gettys. And so I first met him when he was uh, uh, newly appointed to the uh, Parking and Traffic Commission. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was he was a uh, running a bar in... Uh- Owning owned a bar in the along with the Gettys mo- with, with the with the Getty with the, money yes. right
2: and with Stanley Gotti, so that all these people were together in the and and Stanley's there to this day in this in and they rose up together as all these other people were emerging as well. So given the competition, and there were a host of others that were coming out too that that fell by the wayside. These two had what it takes to go further than than. You knew,
1: you knew they, they were going to go somewhere, but to, to this extent, no, I wouldn't have bet on it. Well, let's talk about Newsom, because he's, he's very likely going to face a recall as, as the, when we're recording this. In part, I mean, for a lot of reasons. But I think the one thing that kind of brought, you know, sort of brought this to many people is, a, is, a, is an unforced error, is his uh, infamous dinner at the French Laundry. And, and Newsom has a history of these kind of moves, you know, these, these kind of flubs. When he was mayor, he had an affair with the staffer, was, he was married to his campaign manager, uh, is, he had that goofy Harper's Bazaar magazine spread when he splayed out in the car. With carpet. Kimberly Guilfoyle, well, <laughs> who's
2: another person who was in the same time and the same period as Gavin and Kimberly. Right, right. Okay, so could, it, could Kimberly have taken off? Or, and, and then and, 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 uh, uh, Kimberly was taking off. She took uh, off in a different direction. direction but I'm <laughs> yes. saying both rockets that took off, you know? She and Kamala Harris said. a I have beep? said. I have said Look, if you'd have said, Phil, back then when you were sitting at the North Beach Cafe and there was Gavin, there was Kamala, and there was Kimberly, and there was Willie and this, and they said, oh, by the way, uh, Kimberly's, Kimberly's going to wind up in the White House with Donald Trump Jr. and Kamala's going to wind up at Blair House with Joe Biden, and Gavin's going to wind up in the doghouse over a pandemic that's going to strike the entire globe. <laughs> oh sure,
1: Joe. I would have said, "Yeah, sounds like <laughs> You're logic gonna, to me." <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't have predicted that one. So, what but let's go back to what, what is it about him that has these these uh, brain fart moments, these self-inflicted, uh, you know, inflicted errors? What, what's what is it about him? You know why?
2: You know why people have self-inflicted errors is because it's how they play the game. You know, the, the and also the situations, uh, Gavin's you know, French laundry moment, as they call it, wouldn't have been a French laundry moment if the vaccine rollout and the schools opening and the economy had gone back in a progressive way and recovered. If we were deep into recovery right now, the French laundry would have been an embarrassing moment. The thing was, it's become the the nail on which you can hang the whole picture of things that haven't worked out. It's not like Gavin's alone in this. Uh, New York is having its ups and downs about reopening. Gavin's problems are twofold. One, that California is, st- is sputtering and stuttering and people are ticked off about it. Two, his uh, that states like Texas and Florida are taking off and they're not supposed to, okay? You know, it's not, they were the ones that were supposedly bad and Republicans. So now it's like, hey, why aren't you taking off? These are the bad ones, and they're doing better on vaccine distribution and reopening in schools and stuff. And you, and why are we behind? Why are we last in the country? And on top of that, you have Gavin's total uh, morphing into this uh, audiotron, this, artific- this this person of artificial intelligence. We, we've talked
1: about this before. He is. He has uh it's the way he talks. Right. It's, 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 in fact.
2: Which reflects the way he thinks. Yes. I mean, foundational, fundamental. That is both foundationally and fundamentally inconceivable. That's it. No, Gavin, the word's wrong. Okay. But he, he can't seem to say single syllable words anymore. It's got to be. Processes you know, tra- and pro- procedures. Processes and procedures that are both foundationally and equitably and transparent. And it's like, w- well, a they're not either. Are, are those? But what are you saying? Right. So his presentation to the state of California seems to be distant. His handle on this seems to be a series of, of never-ending pronouncements that don't seem to come into fruition or, or carry much weight, and uh, are an increasingly frustrated public. Now, when you have a French moment laundry on the, laundry moment on top of that, that becomes the poster. And, and so now he finds himself in a situation where he's being judged by largely things that are out of his hands,
1: but how he handled them. So back in 2003, when Gray Davis was facing a recall as governor, Willie Brown, your friend, and, and was still mayor at that point, he said Davis has, quote, zero personal relationships and was cold and distant. Yeah. Quote, people do not like him. You remember when Willie said yeah. this? Does Newsom have that same issue? Yes. And, and how could it hurt him? Yeah.
2: He does. He doesn't have a lot of personal things. He's great with a crowd, but not necessarily great. Uh, You know, Gavin has has this thing. He can explain a problem and its many facets in detail and astound you with his ability to recall and data and things like that. Mm -hmm. He can paint you an entirely coherent and brilliant description of the situation. But he cannot offer you a direction or a solution. That's where he falls short. That's a distance. When he talks the way he's talked, and this is something that's only happened, it, it seems like in the last year, he has gone from a guy that could, could speak American to a guy that speaks a artificial intelligence. That's made him more distant. He's not out with the people. Right. And, and so, yeah, you become more and more vulnerable. The guy lives in a locked compound in Sacramento, right? Outside of Sacramento uh, with his kids going to private school. Aside from that,
1: he's just like you and me. <laughs> now, the rap on him in San Francisco, going back then, he didn't build good relationships with the Board of Supervisors. What, what kind of support does he have in Sacramento? He's, he you know, in the last week, uh, when he sort of surprised uh, to turn the economy back on, Uh, He had a lot of his fellow Democrats coming out against him and saying that uh, he's trying to go it alone. Is he going to have the same problems? He has the same problems, doesn't he?
2: Well, okay... Gavin has never gotten along with, uh, it has not played well with others. He's never, that's never been one of his strengths. He does not play well with others. He did, he, but he was smart enough to, sometimes it doesn't pay to play well with others. He, uh, people said he was distant from the board of supervisors, where the board of supervisors at that time were half a sack of nuts. Yep. <laughs> so, 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 so he actually, by not playing with them, he propelled himself above them and beyond them. And they resented it at every turn. And he did okay by that. All right. He did okay by that Uh, because he had a direction and things care, not cash. You're going to reform the welfare system. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Sacramento, the lawmakers up there uh, never are happy with the governor. They always feel like they're being left out. And quite honestly, they should be left out because it's not like they do anything. You know, and uh, I'll call you when I need you. Well, why don't you bring us in for consultation? Well, because probably you're not going to say anything that I'm not already going to say, and, and you know, but but they, they, they'd like to be part of the photo lineup, right? <laughs> but, but you know, Gavin still hasn't gotten the. Uh, his problem is that the the vaccines aren't being rolled out in in a way. He didn't. They didn't put a plan together. Okay, they. It was like the, the we had a drought. We have a drought and he's gone and he's drilled for water and he's hit the well but he didn't have the pipe structure set up for when that well springs but every everybody you know everybody knew the vaccines
1: were coming but why weren't we prepared right. and we had well, it felt like we didn't have time
2: well right well that from from what i've been told by his advisors is that's one of the reasons we had that shakeup in his staff was the realization that things weren't getting done that we were all he, he fell into this policy thing when he became governor. He became more and more of this policy person, policy and philosophy. It was about equity. It was about this, not efficiency. You know, it was about how the job was going to be done rather than getting the job done. And when the, you, you, you see that, you know, this various state agencies, it, it's you know, it's one thing when it's climate change or when it's education in the abstract. If the schools are open and where we're going. You know, if if it's about our goals and this, and we're going to go all electric and all that stuff, he's really good at that sweeping stuff like that. But what about right now? That's where he's falling short. And whether it's on people who aren't getting their unemployment benefits, or people being, or the state being swindled out of billions because you weren't checking to see if people filing for unemployment were actually in prison, like thirty-five other states, you don't do that. Uh, the DMV, uh, you know, the, the health department, all these things were sort of swamped by this COVID wave in one way or the other. The schools can't get them reopened uh, because, you know, you're, you're, you're at loggerheads with the teachers unions. People are looking at that. And rather than it being an abstract, the legislature's not going to help you out of that, out of being allies. It's
1: like you got to just get it. You got to get it and go. And this was the governor who touted his uh, connections to Silicon Valley we are uh, America's next greatest coming attraction. We have the technology here. But that. that and it, little, all yeah, it all fell flat. It all fell flat. We did not. They did not. No, uh, we had. We're the
2: techno center of the world. And that became almost.
1: The, the, that was another
2: hook on, on, on the, the French laundry. Oh, so we're the highest tech center in the, in the world. And we can't do what those. was we disdainfully said, those people in Texas and Florida, they can I'm, do. I'm in West Virginia. And West, West Virginia. Virginia. <laughs> right. And we can't. Right. Well, you know, you're hanging yourself on your by your own rope. You know, oh, we were this, so why can't we? We'll
1: have more of my conversation with Phil Mateer
0: after this short break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory— Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system.
1: Now, for, for years, uh, we've, we've chatted, political reporters have chatted about who would run for Senate, who would run for Governor Kamala or, or, or Gavin. Do you think Newsom would have been a better senator? You know, it's where you can talk about ideas, but you, there's no real constituency. No one's going to hold you responsible yeah, for anything. you get to pick your, your fights.
2: Yeah. A legislature has the, uh, uh, w- with rare exceptions where you have to make a controversial vote, and you don't have to worry about in the Senate because it's either 60 or nothing, right? right? You don't have to debate or anything. You can just shoot, choose your camera shots. <laughs> you know. <laughs>
1: that's true. <laughs> that, that,
2: that's what it is. And, and, and so... Uh, but that also is one of the reasons why, you know, you don't see too many senators, you know, go any place after the Senate because they, they never really lead. Uh, you know, I remember when the decisions were being made. Uh, we had, you know, uh, Barbara Boxer announced her retirement opening up an unexpected or semi-expected seat on the, uh, uh, Jerry ran for a second term. And every the question was, you know, both Kamala and, gavin were going to run for the next rung on the ladder the question was what rung was it going to be and would they run against each other they were never going to run against each other that would have been political suicide they have the same money out of pacific heights in los angeles they have the same constituency you know they both same consultant yeah same political consultants uh all of that stuff so that wasn't going to happen it was a question of of who was going to pick what now we got to roll the tape back to what that weekend that the decision was made Various camps. Gavin would have made a, a, a great senator because he could have been up there with the hair, the look, you know, everything, right? He could have, yes, he could have just been that, that right out there, you know. Kamala could as well. Uh, they both could have been the governors, you know, as well. Both were kind of thing had come as executives. They hadn't worked with other people. They didn't have a history of work. Kamala had been attorney general before that, uh, district attorney. You're 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 your own boss. In other words, that means you never have to show up on work unless you want to. Okay, but (laughs) you get to call the shots, and you're still and you're used to stuff coming through the window. Uh, But at that time, remember, the Democrats felt that Hillary was going to be president or that it was likely going to be Hillary as president. So, if you had a choice between being, if you said, well, the Senate. Well, the Senate at that time, you were going to be the junior senator from California with a Democrat in the White House. That effectively puts you in the chorus line. You're not going to be a star. You can't be because the star is in the White House. You're in the chorus that says, go, go, the cheering section, right? That's what the Senate is.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: Okay? Yeah. Chuck Schumer went from being the lead advocate, I mean, uh, opposer, to now the cheer- he has to be the cheerleader, right? Uh, so that. So looking at that, it was going to be, and then you would spend years trying to build yourself up to the White House, to the run for president. So... The other and you was being the leader of the great state of California, the new Democratic voice, the tech value, all of that stuff. Right. That looked like a pretty good possible launching pad. You know, hey, do I am I going to be in a chorus or am I going to be like out on the road on a road show, but be the star? And Gavin, you know, he says for his family reasons and stuff, he wanted to stay in California. He opted to go governor and she opted to go Senate. I think both of them immediately had buyer's remorse but went with it. Uh, What the fluke happened when Donald Trump was elected president. And Kamala on her election night, to her credit, came out and said, we will resist. Take heart. We will fight. That shot. That was like Paul Revere's, you know, bell. That was called an audible. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. And. That went out viral and became a rallying point, right? And she became an instant Instagram personality, right? And instantly elevated herself as the member of the resistance and shirked the entire junior senator role and immediately became the senator from the Sunday morning talk shows.
1: Instantly elevated. She was on the Sunday morning. Instantly that. Gavin was and became a, had the, one of the most liberal voting records and Cal- we didn't you know she was always saying oh, she a rap on her was she was cautious and then she became the most liberal senator in Washington. Well
2: <laughs> Joe California cautious is the most liberal yes, that's, that's <laughs> <definitely> <laughs> <true>. <laughs> Well not Diane Feinstein,
1: not Diane Feinstein. E-
2: even she <laughs> is, is, is considered on the liberal end of the, uh, of the line when true. it comes to Senate votes what actually gets voted. But anyway, so Gavin, but then Gavin stays and he goes into and he has a couple of great years and then this pandemic hits and she, then she runs as Biden's as a total fluke because she flamed out, she ran for president, flamed out before Iowa, but by the grace of Joe Biden was picked to be VP and instantly resuscitated and then won in a fluke election. That was basically run out of Joe's basement, right? They didn't have to campaign. Right. There was no campaign, no, no, yeah. cam- no scrutiny, no nothing, and and, and so now she's the VP, and Gavin's, you know, road to the White House is
1: pretty much sealed off for any time soon. Right, he would be. Uh, I think we did the math. He would be sixty eight if he like. Let's say if you go this route, if if Biden's reelected, Kamala's if, served if, two terms. Even, even
2: if if Kamala, Biden's not reelected. Uh, Kamala, you know who? Who else? You know, you you would have somebody from the left or somebody else who you know going. It, but it's not necessarily going to be an undefined guy from California, guy that's going to going to win. And he would be out of office several years uh, right. by then. So, by the but maybe well. maybe he will run for the Senate when Diane Feinstein retires if she stays if, out her term. Yes.
1: All right. Why do you think Kamala Harris has avoided those sort of self inflicted wounds for the most part than than uh, as opposed to Gavin?
2: Well. She hasn't avoided the self-inflected wounds. She's, man- you know, in some ways, she's gotten a pass on them. They haven't been as flagrant as Gavin's. I mean, uh, look, Gavin had self-inflected wounds, but he also had self he had self-perpetuated home runs. Gavin Newsom wouldn't be Gazam Newsom if it wasn't for gay marriage, right? This is true. He called that. She didn't. She was, she was in San Francisco then. He's the one that said, We're doing this. And that was you can call was that that was a self inflicted what Uh, terrific moment, and that that catapulted him to the world. I remember there were satellite trucks for a month parked in front of San Francisco City Hall, beaming every moment out. And that was one of the most politically astute orchestrated moves I have ever seen within a couple weeks of taking office. Really. Wasn't it a couple months? No, no. He he came in. Uh, yeah, it was he George was Bush's. Months. Yeah, George yeah, Bush's months. inauguration. Yeah, a couple months of taking office, and you know, you know, he they scored that down to like no sister boom booms getting married. We you know they kept it as, as just <laughs> like your aunts are getting married. Oh, bring in the aunts. Yeah, you know, the bring, first bring your elderly aunts. They your and they prayed for that, and, and for that's years. what was delivered. The gay community delivered people that wanted to get married, not people that wanted to shock the world. Right. That second thing was, every time he appeared to talk about gay marriage, he had an American flag behind him. I don't know if you noticed that. They Peter Ragone, his media person, planted an American flag with him and told him, by the way, in the first sentence, you say, as a married practicing Catholic, okay?
1: Practicing. Yes, okay.
2: Okay. Loose on the practice. Or as an American Catholic. Let's drop the practicing. Okay, But, okay, so hard, he did. That elevated him up. And then when he had. His affair, and he'd gone. And when he was splitting up with Kimberly, who goes off to be on court TV and later Fox News in the soap opera, he has a semi breakdown, starts drinking way too much, uh, starts fl- hanging out with, with anybody and everybody on the female side, and winds up uh, with the affair being uh, outed on uh, his campaign manager's wife, who was a staffer at City Hall. That got all the attention. Why? Because of gay marriage, right? And because of his Hollywood appearance. So the home run scored the the the, the self inflicted error, and and so they go hand in hand. Kamala didn't have uh, her her national moment until she called out uh, uh, at the at the confirmation hearings of Jeff Sessions, right? Right. And, and then uh, was introduced uh, at to a larger audience the, uh, uh, the uh, hearings of Kavanaugh for the Supreme Court, right? That was her moment out there. So she had, you could say her relationship with Willie Brown for the years in any other case could have been a self-inflicted wound, but in an all democratic state it was glossed over or we would report it and the reaction was pretty, eh. yeah. or the Republicans down south would make a point of it, but it never gained traction. And by the time she had her defining moment, that was, oh, that's in the past. So she, she her run for self-inflicted errors been a lot shorter
1: and i I, for our listeners uh, i also want to say that uh, many of these stories that phil's referring to were broken in the mater and ross column uh you know i don't want to don't embarrass you i know you 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 blush easily
2: yeah and and, but they were also (laughs) just around and 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 so (laughs)
1: well let's talk about one you you alluded to nancy pelosi um and she, has been very cagey. She said she's not going to run for speaker next time. But then she's, you know, she's kind of, you know, hemmed and hot about what that's, you know, is she really going to run for speaker again? And if she doesn't run, does she stay in the house? Does she become just the representative from San Francisco? And if she does, who is in line? Who, how, who's in that scrum? How many ifs do you want to put out I there at one come time?
2: On. <laughs> It starts. just starting to look like an algebra equation, you know what I mean? A minus B times 6Y squared. What was that? I love that. that okay? you're,
1: you're responding like a politician. I don't answer hypotheticals. No, <laughs> so.
2: no I mean, okay, first off, uh, Nancy Pelosi, does she or doesn't she? That's the first question, yeah. does she? The, the, the second question of that is who's there to replace her, okay? And, and you know, she put a time on it. It's 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 time. I respect her for it. She said, you know, that that is the oldest line I've heard. And we know it here in California. When you're threatened, what do you say to everybody? Relax. I'll be out in two. Yeah, I'll be out in two. <laughs> I'll, be out in two. I'll be out in two. And usually it works. Right. Now, the problem is two turns into four. Yeah. Hey, you said that. Last. Yeah, I'll be out in two this time. Yeah,
1: I said two decades.
2: <laughs> but the other thing is, is that then when you say you're out in two, then other people have the, uh, that's a signal for them to start making their moves and getting the votes for, for a graceful transition and such. So, uh, you know, all politics is situational. I think that she would like to leave in two and a successful Biden administration would pave the way for that. If it's a rocky one and, and Joe Biden says, look, I need somebody that can really can, can still deliver in the house. Can you? Yeah. She also pays the prospect. Okay. In two years of another midterm election, and let's be honest, this last midterm election was not good for her or for Democrats in the House. And that's also not good for Gavin Newsom, because while everybody says Republicans strongly outnumber Democrats in the state of California, and so even if it was a recall on the ballot, he'll beat it back. How many seats did Democrats lose to Republicans this time out?
1: That's right. And they, there was, they flipped about four of those key seats, I believe. Right. So
2: it's not as though, uh, you know, it's smooth sailing. Nancy Pelosi's barely in as speaker. Uh, she could be taken out by a combination of moderate Republicans and Democrats if that comes to be, or if it's, to, you know, all this is out there. If she doesn't, isn't speaker, I don't necessarily see her staying on as a representative from San Francisco. Although I might, you know, given the state of San Francisco, I could understand if she'd want to stay back in Washington rather than come back here. Uh, as far as as who would run to replace her. I'm showing my age, but break out the phone book.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it would be, it would be, you covered, uh, Pelosi when she first ran for office. And I believe you were a, I don't know if you're a moderator at, uh, or a questioner at one of, at her, I believe only debate. No, I
2: wasn't a questioner at her only debate. You covered it. uh, Yeah. Her, her debate was, it was Nancy Pelosi and a supervisor by the name of Harry Britt. and, like 18 others the deb- it was such a joke that they if i recall correctly they had it was in a television studio a public television studio and they had everybody on bleachers because <laughs> they're. <were laughs>
1: maybe there was such a she has ptsd from that that's maybe But that's you know she was a, you know but she, but her when, when she first when she first
2: ran she was vilified as being a cocktail hostess uh party hostess uh, this woman knows nothing. She's from the, uh, the hoity toits. She knows nothing. But of the rich
1: street. lady from um, Pacific Heights who's never not, held a job. Really. Never
2: held a job, uh, a
1: privilege, you know, who is she? And she cleaned their clocks. What was it? When did you see that switch with her? Or is it, or is it, what it was switch? A, that from that image to what she became? Or was that just a caricature?
2: That was a caricature. I mean, she had been, you know, uh, a power force in the, in the state democratic party. It's not like she all of a sudden said, I'm going to, I discover the inner politician, she had been working it long time. And I'm not even, she had a long time fundraiser when Sally Burton said, she's the one that sort of that, that did it. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure how much she was even thinking about it, but it, it did. I mean, it, and it was a lousy job to begin with, you know? it's a lousy job, flying back and forth from California. And she was a backbencher
1: then. She was right. the, lowest, the lowest of the world. But low, she yeah.
2: worked her way
1: up, largely on her fundraising abilities. So what, how has, you've been doing this for 35 years, correct? 35, 40 years? Yeah. Texas? How have, first of all, how has, let's talk about a couple of things Of James. How have politicians changed over that time? Have they changed? fundamentally and all
2: yeah i would have to say that uh the uh there's more media scrutiny uh there's more questionings and so what we have is they've kind of been bleached out i don't care what color they are what ethnicity they are what their you know quote unquote story is this poor young this everybody came out of a log cabin but they're kind of just bleached out yeah uh, you know, they, uh, they do what's safe. They do what what's correct. Uh, I, 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 am a little concerned that we've gone from the, uh, like I said, the safe betters to we we've lost the go big. I mean, the, the, the,
1: uh, we, we don't have as many politicians who are willing to say, let's go big, let's do something. Not, no, no, different. no, no, no.
2: They have, they, we have no shortage of politicians who are willing to say, let's go big, mm. But we have a fundamental shortage of, pe- of politicians that will do big. Okay, mm-hmm. that's it. Now you can you can criticize the, the 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 train to nowhere, the high speed rail. I often do as much as you want, but Arnold, Jerry, and those guys said it's go big, go big, and they they go for it. Uh, but we've also changed from let's build big and do big to let's think big. I mean you know jerry brown and climate change it's it's a it's a vast step from that to like ports and and highways which would be condemned now the idea of of building the port of oakland up to be a powerhouse or the building of long beach or something like that the the highway system in california which is the reason why we're here would be condemned now right as a matter of fact people would like to to see it dismantled Mm. okay so we uh we we, we don't do those kind of things. Politicians don't tend to do the, those things. They do policy rather than product.
1: How has your interaction with politicians changed over the years uh, in terms of access, in terms of uh, uh, back and forth? Uh, how, how has that changed?
2: Um
1: Oh, I don't... Th- it hasn't changed that much. No, it's the same. It's, the it's same. pretty much the and same. How's, how's the job changed? I mean, we've, we've had all sorts of technological changes in, in, in the time both of us have been working, but how, did, how do you, what do you see as the, the biggest change in the business, what we do? In the biggest change in what we do? Yeah, in journalism. Because uh, you have... At, at, for people don't know... Phil has right. the triple threat. He's on. He's uh, had the column for thirty-five years. He and, and worked in, in print journalism before that. He's on TV all the time. He's regular TV gig, regular radio gig. Uh, what, how, how has that stuff changed?
2: The uh, it's just gotten softer. Really, it's, one of the the things is you know as we evolve into a one party state and. One party towns, one party counties, one thought, you know, prevails. And the other voices exit. They don't want to be a part of it. Uh, you know, if, if, if you have a successful business or you are, a, you know, did something else and you want to get into politics, uh, oh, and I will make a change on that, you, you're going to get torn apart. You're going to be criticized, right. you know, by people that haven't done anything. And that, that, you know, I think that is one of the big changes I've seen. From the city level on up, we have given birth in the last 20 years to a new generation and a class in society that is the public service family. Uh,
1: what does that mean? Explain what that means.
2: That means you've made a career out of it. You're you're not a state assemblyman that maybe owns something or is a lawyer or does something on the side and goes up to Sacramento. This is it. You're not a city council person in Oakland that owns a business or does something. Uh, you're a, city, a full-time city council person.
1: You're, not, you're no one's going back to the farm anymore. No,
2: what they did was they transformed what were uh, part-time jobs into full-time, full-paying jobs, and that's what they do now.
1: And what do you? That's how has that affected? Do with the, the way they do their job.
2: Because they're not necessarily interested in, they are just more interested in who's going to keep them there than the people that, that vote.
1: So in other words, they're, they're watching, what, what's my next job gonna be? What's that's my next job,
2: job going to be? And, uh, and, 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 and how do I stay in this one? Because if I don't, I don't have a job. Right. And, and that's different than somebody says, I can walk away from this.
1: You you did the, the column with Taryn Ross for many years with your partner, Andy Ross, another great journalist. We all sat next to you for many years. And how much of the stuff in the column came from tips? And how much was it your ideas? How much, how does it's it mix? That? You get, you know... Because you've been doing it so long, you're so wired. You know, tips
2: are great and they're a lot of fun and they can lead to some really big stories. But a lot of what we did was... You just read it. The truth is lying in front of you. It's just whether you take the time to, to, to look for it. You, 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 you read the reports and it's boring and stuff like that, but within them spell in a language that you will never understand if you're, a, if you're a layman. And a lot of it is what's not being said in the report. Yeah. You can find out so much about what's actually going on, who's getting paid off and things like that. It's there. It's just you You just have to read the boring reports and you find it, You get the boring meetings and you find it. So it's a combination tips with personalities, boring reports. And the third one is going out on the street and looking for it yourself. That's that's the big thing. It's just what did they say versus what's going on on the street.
1: And you're uh, we should say you're retiring your 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 chronicle column after 35 years, uh, but you will consider continue your other. 75 other jobs you do that the, the, you'll continue to be on a, the abc affiliate here in san francisco and on kcbs the big radio news radio station in town what are you going to miss most about the, the the newspaper part of it
2: oh there's you know uh there was a lot of fun on uh you know something a lot of it's past. i mean there was a time when when i started at a, the, the examiner at fifth in mission we printed the newspaper in the basement mm. You could feel it, you could see it coming off and onto the trucks, you could walk through the city streets and they were throwing the papers out and they were being delivered on people's doorsteps. There was a tactile thing sense to that. That's not the case anymore. first the, uh, uh, the public, the printing plants exited, the newsrooms got smaller, and, and then the, the, they're not on as many doorsteps as we move into digital. So now it's digital and that's a different thing. It's 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 just different, that's all.
1: It's just a, a tactile feeling, it's not that. Yeah, that, that even... and, and, and in some
2: ways, you know, that was, uh, you know, it was a visible connection. Uh, all newspapers, not just the Chronicle and the Examiner, but the Oakland Tribune and the Contra Costa Times and things like that. There was an interaction, I, th- I thought, between the readers and the newspaper, uh, like it, hate it, this and that, uh, and I'm not sure that that is the same in digital and part of the reason is that a newspaper is a contained whether it's the new york times or washington's journal or the chronicle is a contained entity when you go digital it's infinite you can just as easily pop up the chronicle site as sf gate or or any any host of other news sites just like that so you know well. the a
1: personal connection to yeah the and, you, and, and, and you and and you yeah just you just flipping
2: go around right you just you just flip around and so now we are you are in competition constantly with the uh water skiing uh monkey
1: <laughs> and the water skiing monkey
2: usually wins yeah no it does yes. don't almost ever almost always no wins. you that's what i always say everybody says great column yes yeah, it's almost up there with the water skiing chipmunk <laughs> You know, I mean that that's when you need that's a uh, humbling thing. You know, one of the most humbling things I said I remember in print was somehow I wound up on the on the phone answering desk at a newspaper early on in my career and uh in the evening and uh you know uh it was an afternoon paper. And you think, you know, big stories this big stories. You know, I got the most flipping calls the place just went ape because the horoscope was wrong. Yeah was like messed up, and I sat there and i said and and a editor said yeah kid that's 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 the reality, buddy, you think you're hot nothing's hotter than the horoscope i said, but that's not even journalism he says yeah that's life yes. and, and 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 the and the and the and the water skiing uh chimpmunk
1: that's that people more clicks you know well, I just want to say, as, as sitting next to you for for a decade, and has has been, and Andy too, has been like uh, watching a daily reporting clinic. I tell you this all the time. I'm riffing ideas with you, and uh, you were the best of colleagues because um, uh, you were you were not shy about telling me when something sucked. And uh, we would uh, we would often riff ideas, and I would pitch my ideas to you, and you would say, if the, the idea sucked, you would say, nobody cares.
2: Nobody cares. <laughs> You know, we can be a lot of things in, in journalism, but you can't be boring. Yes. You can't. Because if you're boring, you lose. And it's always a tightrope between people say, well, you're just blowing that up. And I go, yeah, I am. Because yeah. <laughs> that same guy that told me the horoscope out there said, uh, hey, Matier, you you, you want to make an impact with that? that That city council story, I said, I didn't make an impact with the city council story. They didn't do anything except for this. Just start the story out with this. In a move that will change the very way you live, the city council tonight, I don't care what you write after that. You got them.
1: Because I remember at one time on Channel Five, and this is you taught me many things on on many platforms. And, and when you we were recording a segment in the morning, and you said uh, I was getting deep into the weeds, and you literally said this is a pre-tape, so I stop the tape, and you said you're two in the weeds. Nobody cares. What's the guy in Concord gonna? What is? Why does he care about this? And that's what I think drove a lot of wait. And
2: a lot of people were criticized, uh, me and us, Andy, when we were doing it together for that. That, yes, we always thought, what's the BART writer in Concord think of this? And they go, well, what's that? And I said, well, that's the public. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not writing a scholarly thing. I, I That's the audience. Yeah. And, and that's the guy and gal in Concord that's on the BART train going to work. I want to grab their attention. Yeah. And I want to inform them and entertain them. But I want to inform them. But I got I to gotta get to them before I can inform them. Yeah. And so, yes, when nobody cares, <laughs> nobody cares.
1: <laughs> Thank you, my friend. As a reader, as a colleague, I will miss you. I, I hope to see you in New Orleans uh, on the other side of this and listen to some music together.
2: All right, we'll do that. Okay.
1: And can we, can we hug now as a farewell hug?
2: Not on your life. <laughs>
1: I'd like to thank you all for listening and hope that you and your families are safe and healthy. I'd like to thank my friend Phil for being on the podcast today. I I wonder if he's listened this far. I I don't, uh, Phil, if you've listened this far, call me. You know, I'll give you five bucks if you've made it this far. Uh, I'd like to thank the king, the other king, King Coffin, for producing today's episode. And as always, a shout out to our fabulous theme song. That's Cattle Call, written by Randy Clark and performed by Randy Clark and Crow Song. And remember, no matter whether you're a Gavin fanboy or a Gavin hater or just can't understand what the hell he's talking about, it's all political. All right, give me a little test on your side. All there. right, we're here yeah, okay. at uh, the... Uh, wait, wait, no, I'm, I'm the host, I'm the host. I know, it's, I was just giving <laughs> you a testing. test. okay, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> okay.